Hey friends, welcome back to Anchored and Always. So today I have a guest on my show. My sweet friend Julie is joining us today. And I'm so excited for you to hear a little bit about her story and uh, just why she's going to be a guest on the show. It fits so perfectly with the whole purpose of this podcast. Um, we talk a lot about recovery. We talk a lot about Jesus. And those are two of Julie's favorite things, which you're going to hear. Um, I know you guys are just going to love her and resonate with what she has to say. So we met, Julie and I met through um, a, it's a Facebook group for Christian women entrepreneurs. Um, our good friend, Heather Shriver Burns runs this group and it's called Seek First CEO. And um, so we were introduced to each other through that ministry and through that program. And it was really neat because when Julie was sharing one day in that um, on one of the hot coach, hot seat coaching sessions there, she was kind of asking, um, gosh, does anybody know, you know, I really have this heart for Jesus and I have this heart for recovery and I'd really love to do something, you know, with both of those things. Does anybody have any, you know, ideas or thoughts? And, and I'm listening to this thinking, I do, I do, I do, you know, and I was so excited to talk with her and just share Josh and my experience with Christian recovery and and just how that's impacted our lives and our marriage. And so I thought she would just be a great guest to have on the show today and be an encouragement to you all. So with that, um, I just wanted, uh, Julie, thank you so much for being on the show today. And if you could just introduce yourself and tell the listener a little bit about yourself today, that'd be awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be a part of this. I really am just honored that you asked me to share, you know, my experience. And um, I hope that there's somebody that can, you know, take something from what I'm going to share today. But um, so I am from Houston, Pennsylvania, which is a small town just south of Pittsburgh. And I have been married to my wonderful husband for eight years. And we have a daughter who is six. She is in first grade right now and she's amazing. And I am a realtor and I am also a student right now. I'm currently getting my ministry license um, through a program at my church. So that's where I spend a lot of my time right now. Yes, that is so wonderful. I'm just so excited to see what God does through you and your husband's in that program too, I believe, right? He is. Yes. Yeah, so that's yep, gonna we're be doing really, it together. Really, yeah, that's so great. Cause jo when Josh and I started doing ministry together, it was such, it was such a blessing, like something I'd always wanted and, and it's really brought us closer together. So, um, I'm excited for you guys. Well, let's go ahead and jump in Julie. Um, first of all, I just want to, if you could tell the listener a little bit about what your life was like before you became a believer. Yeah, absolutely. So, so my story is um, a little bit unique just because I, um, I had a lot of recovery under my belt before I, I developed a relationship with Jesus. So I, uh, I'll go back a little bit and give you a little bit of my history. Um, but I grew up actually in the small town that I live in now, oddly enough, yeah. left for a little while, but came back here to start our family. So I grew up in a really good family. My parents have been married for 50 some years. They are wonderful and supportive and encouraging. And um, I have an older sister and we, you know, always had a great life growing up. We had everything that we needed. Um, I can remember as a child briefly being introduced to church. We used to go to church once in a while. My parents would, you know, I would go to Sunday school and, you know, we would go and sit there. And at that point, you know, my, um, what, what I took from it at that point was 
I saw people come to church and act a certain way. And I saw how they lived their lives outside of church. Um, and it looked to me like everybody was just hypocrites. I, th I saw a lot of people doing one thing on Sunday and then acting a different way outside of that. So that was sort of the impression that I got of what church was when I was a kid. I never learned anything about, you know, having a relationship with Jesus. I never learned that there is a living God that is here now. I never really understood any of those concepts, was never really presented with them. So church to me was just it was just a ritual and it made no sense to me. So, um, I kind of took that and tossed it out as soon as I had a chance to kind of be on my own. And I was always a good kid growing up. I was a good student. I was a straight A student. I was an athlete. I was, um, I was popular. I was on homecoming court and, you know, I got along well with a lot of most, most of my peers. And, um, I guess you could say I was kind of an unexpected addict. <laughs> so, um, I graduated from high school in the top of my class and, um, it was probably around my junior or senior year when I started just dabbling with, you know, different drugs and alcohol, nothing crazy. Um, at that point I thought that, you know, that was just a fun thing to do, give it a try. I never really felt okay with myself growing up. Like there was always an emptiness within me that, that was constantly seeking to be filled. And I was trying to fill it with outside things. Um, I wanted to know that people liked me to feel okay with myself. There was always just this like emptiness within me. And, um, you know, I think when I started kind of dabbling with the drugs and alcohol, I started to feel like that hole was starting to get filled a little bit. Like I felt a little bit more confident in who I was. I felt like not as shy. My anxiety wouldn't bother me as much. I could, you know, be a little bit more of the life of the party. And, you know, I liked the attention that came with that. So I feel like very early on, even just starting to dabble was like, I was like, this is it. This is, this is what I need to like feel complete in life. So, um, that, you know, started to take a hold of me and, um, I was, I guess, I, you know, I said this before I was kind of an unlikely candidate. So like in my mind, an addict was somebody that, you know, fit a certain criteria. Uh, they were the person on the street, the person that, you know, was homeless, the person that was, you know, doing certain drugs that was in jail, like all of these things were in my head. So it never occurred to me that I could be an addict. So, you know, over the next couple of years, I went to college um, on an academic scholarship and the partying started to increase more. And again, at that point, I thought that that was just what you did in college. You know, you go, you drink, you party and, you know, maybe hit class once in a while. And and that seemed all very well and good to me. And um you know, things at that point were starting to progress a little bit more. And in addition to me, you know, starting to try to fill that void with drugs and alcohol, uh, men started becoming a problem. It was just one after the after another, after another, constantly looking for the right man that was going to make me feel like I was okay. So um, eventually I did meet, you know, a, a man and um, he started introducing me to some other drugs, some, uh, I guess, harder drugs. And um, of course, I was like always rip roaring and ready to go. Like, I remember my parents asked me, like, weren't you ever scared doing drugs? And I'm like, 
No, there was never anything in me. I felt like I was invincible. There was nothing in me that was scared. I was just like, let's go. Like whatever you got for me, whatever you have, I'll take it. I just want to like get out of my own, my own self and just, you know, not feel that emptiness that's within me. So, you know, as I started getting introduced to the harder drugs, um, opiates was, you know, the thing that really kind of took me down. And at that point I was really just living a double life because I was still trying so hard to keep up the images outside that I was a good girl, that I had it all together. I'm a good student. I have a career. I have a good job. You know, all of these things that I wanted people to see. And then behind closed doors, I was just suffering. I was just in my apartment at this point, just using by myself because, you know, addiction is a very lonely place. And while it started off as fun and social, it left me in a very, um, just depressed and lonely state alone. And I felt like I didn't really know what to do at that point. So I did, um, I go, I went to my parents because I know that my parents love me. And I always kind of make fun about the fact that I did that. Like, Oh, Julie went to mommy and daddy, (laughs) but, but I knew that when I went to them, that they would, you know, force me to get help. And they did. So I ended up going to rehab. I did a 30 day inpatient in rehab and I, my clean date is April 8th of 2011. And so at that point I was introduced to the 12 step fellowship and, you know, it's the the secular 12 step fellowship at this point. And, um, it changed my life. Uh, I thought that 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 was total enlightenment, that the 12 steps and like getting to know who I was and getting to the root of things that, that I had really found the answer in life. And I love the 12 step fellowships. Like they are life changers and I am still a part of that fellowship today. So I, you know, nothing against that at all. It's definitely, it's, it was the foundation that led me to, to Jesus ultimately. So, um, in the 12 step fellowships, um, there's the higher power concept that you're taught. And so I always, you know, I took that higher power concept and I kind of made God my own God. So since April 8th of 2011, I have developed an understanding of who God is, but it was always my own God. It was a God of my understanding. So I never at that point still had any type of like relationship with Jesus. Uh, and I can remember, it's funny after I got clean, um, I met my husband who, well, I met, he was my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband. And, you know, so he's been on this whole journey with me, which has been amazing. But I, I was off of work for six months when I got clean, which was such a blessing. And then I went back to work and, you know, it's funny because in retrospect, I can see the Lord's footprints, like all over my life. And how he's really been leading me to him this whole time. It just took me a while to actually like have my, my spiritual eyes opened enough to see him. Um, and when I went back to work, I changed jobs because I needed to change people, places and things at that point. And I went back, I was in banking at the time. And I went back and there was um, a pastor that I worked with. He was part-time there. He was a Baptist pastor and new in recovery. He asked me, I I was open with him about the fact that I was in recovery, which at that point I wasn't very open with people. I was very ashamed of it. Uh, But I told him in confidence that I was in recovery and he offered to do a class with me called what is Christianity? 
So I took the class with him and I can remember going through the lessons. And I remember telling him afterwards, like, this sounds great. Like the Bible sounds like nice practical advice for living, but I didn't believe that Jesus actually existed. I didn't believe that the Bible was God breathed, that it was actually, you know, written by the Holy Spirit. I I thought that it was all just like a manual for life that you could use if you wanted to. And I'm like, thanks. I appreciate you going over this with me, but no, thanks. And he said to me, if you ever come to believe, I want you to let me know. And I did let him know last (laughs) year when I finally did like develop a relationship with the Lord. But, um, so at that point, Andy and I got married and we had our daughter and life for me was, I mean, a 180, it was significantly better than it was, you know, when I was in active addiction, I I was taking the steps to, you know, learn to love myself and, you know, fill some of those voids with things that were a little bit healthier. Um, And I thought really at that point that we had, we had found the answer. This was like total enlightenment with the 12 steps. Yes. Oh my gosh. So much of what you say, uh, what you just shared. Um, I've heard so many times in recovery from people and my own husband, like your story is just like Josh's in that um, so many of us have that void before you have Jesus. Everybody has that, that void in their heart and and we fill it with so many things. Um, And for Josh, it was the same thing. I remember him telling me like he struggled with um, self-worth and insecurity and his identity was a football player and that's it, you know? And so when he stopped playing football, there was that kind of, who am I? What, what am I worth? And he just didn't feel good about himself. And so he used, um, it started out the same as you. Like um, he felt better. Like he was the life of the party. He could relax. He, he liked who he was, um, you know, and, and it started out fun in a sense like that. It just made him feel good. But then as you know, and as you shared, um, addiction is such a slippery slope in that eventually it was, it was not fun anymore. And it was, it was like, he had to have it, um, all the time he was hiding and sneaking and lying and, um, all of the things that come with, you know, addiction. And it was awful. It was miserable for him until he found recovery and grew in his relationship with Jesus as well. And so I'm glad you shared that. Cause I think there's probably a lot of people listening that, are, are just struggling with that. They're numbing with something because they're hurting and they just need Jesus and a deeper relationship with him. But we try to just fill it with all these other things that just don't satisfy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Julie, if you could just share with the listener a little bit about how that changed. So how did you come to know the Lord and you know what, what changed in your life and in your recovery after giving your life to Jesus? Yeah, absolutely. So um looking back, I can see it starting long before I actually, you know, was introduced to Jesus. But um, in December of 2020, my husband and I were starting to do some real estate investing. And, you know, it had been a long time since I had read a book or done anything (laughs) to try to grow in that aspect. And uh, my brother-in-law had given us a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And we had read that it was about real estate investing. And, you know, we started kind of looking into different ways to to grow our portfolio and to, you know, live a prosperous life, so to say. And then uh, my brother-in-law gave us a book that was called The Four Spiritual Laws of Prosperity by Edwin Gaines. And in that book, she talked about the concept of tithing. And she talked about the concept that you would you should tithe 
to the places and the sources of spiritual food is what she called it in the book. So when I heard that term spiritual food, it kind of got me thinking like, what is like my spiritual food? Because, you know, we didn't belong to a church or anything along those lines. So we wanted to start tithing, but we weren't sure who to tithe to or what to do. So at that point, we started literally just like tithing to whatever like hit our spirits, whether it was like a homeless man on the street or, you know, somebody that needed their groceries bought for them. Like we were just trying to find little ways to like give back. And um, the whole concept of the spiritual food, though, got me thinking like, you know, what is, what is that all about? Like, what is my source of spiritual food? And so it just kind of got me curious. Like I wanted to learn more about it. And it's funny, I was just reading through um, an app that I have on my phone the other day and I had put prayers. I, I always prayed because I did believe in a higher power. And I had written this prayer down in March. No, it was in February of 2021. And I found the prayer recently and it just said, I'm confused about religion and spirituality. God, reveal yourself to me and let me know that it's you. And I had written this down in February of 2021. And when I saw that, I was like, wow, I didn't even realize like how much I was seeking him at that point. And a couple of months later, I met a mother. My daughter does competitive cheer and I met a mother at the cheer and she was attending a local church and her and I became friends. And I saw all these things that she would post on social media about her church. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just kind of curious about it. Like, what, what is this all about? So she invited us to come with her and check it out some Sunday. So my husband and I went and we just stood there and cried for the entire service. Mm -hmm. And we we didn't even know why, like at that point, we didn't realize that it was the Holy spirit. We didn't know like what that was. We just knew that when we were there, something felt right to us. Mm -hmm. So we kept going. So we kept going and, you know, people started suggesting to us, like, you know, start reading the Bible, start, you know, trying to learn some of these things. So, um, that's what we started doing. We started attending church every week. And just, you know, listening and, and learning. And we started taking some time to like read the Bible and try to understand things a little bit more. And it just lit like this fire within me. And like the first real experience that I ever had, I can remember at my church, they did an altar call and I had gone up for the altar call. And I had this like experience where I felt like the Lord took me through all of these horrible memories that I had from active addiction. And I, I just kept hearing him tell me I was there. I was there. I was there. And it just made me realize that like all of these horrible things that I had done and all this horrible past and these terrible decisions that I had made that like, he never left me. He never abandoned me. He never gave up on me. And it was like, all of a sudden, um, my spiritual eyes were open and things just started to make sense to me that never did before. And that was like such a profound experience that it just changed my heart in so many ways, because I didn't know 
that you could have an actual relationship with a living God. I didn't know that he was here, that I could encounter him, that I could depend on him, that I could trust in him. I didn't know that it was as real as it is. And this happened and my heart changed very quickly. And it was very confusing for a lot of my friends. Uh, at that point, a lot of our friends were not believers either. And when they started seeing this change in me, I can remember a conversation with my best friend at the time. She said, I don't understand. She said, you were like me and now you're like this. What happened? <laughs> and all I could tell her is I had an experience and an encounter with the living God, Jesus Christ, that has forever changed my heart. And it's not something that I can put into words. It's something that like, I just feel it in my heart. And it's just been like, since then, um, I've learned that God is not confined to a church. He is where we are. And I remember we had a, a corporate fast in January. And this was the first time I had ever done this. I was very, again, I'm a new Christian. I'm new to all of these things. So I'm just kind of going with the flow and doing, you know, what other people are doing, which is one of the things that I'm so grateful for recovery for, because I learned in recovery that when you find somebody that has what you want, you seek after them and, and seek after what are they doing? How are they like, how did they develop this relationship? What are the steps that they're taking? How are they, you know, um, what's their prayer life like? Like I learned in recovery to seek after those people that had what I wanted. So I had that same ambition when it came to like my relationship with Jesus. I was like, I want to learn more. I want to know how do I grow in my relationship? How do I get to know him more? And during the corporate fast, I had this, uh, this experience at home where I just sat in my living room and cried for hours. And all I kept thinking was like, I can't believe that he never left me. And I kept hearing him tell me, that he, he thinks that I'm special. And that sounds really cheesy, but for me, I always had this like void that I thought there wasn't anything important about me. There wasn't anything that I could offer. There wasn't anything that I had that was special. And that day when I heard him tell me that he thought I was special, I just literally sat in my living room and bawled for hours. <laughs> my husband was like, are you okay? <laughs> but since then, um, so my church was offering classes to, you know, learn more about the Lord and, you know, pursue our ministry license. So my husband and I, even though we were brand new Christians, we both felt very called to, to attend these classes. So, um, we're still doing that. We're in year two now. And, um, I ended up quitting my full-time job last year, which is a whole other crazy story, whole other crazy God story. But uh, we stepped out on faith. I left my full-time job to pursue real estate. And basically everything in our lives has changed just with the way that we handle life circumstances, um, how we face challenges, how we face sickness, how we face um how we speak, how, you know, all of these things that have changed in our home and it's changed our purpose. Like before there were so many things that we wanted in life, um, just to enjoy life. And 
it's become, we want to be financially secure so that we can pursue the Lord so that we can share and spread the gospel and let other people know like about his goodness and what he brings and that he's there for all of us. Like it's just given us like such a new fire in our hearts to want to share this with other people. Yes. Oh my gosh. I have like goosebumps everywhere as you were talking and I could just, well, I can see you, the listener can't see you, but I can see you, but I could just see and hear the, the emotion, just the raw emotion, um, and love for Jesus that you have. And I think it's just so beautiful when you shared how, you know, you, that realization that he was chasing after you, that he had never left you or abandoned you. Cause I think so many people, you, you said it earlier, that addiction is very isolating and lonely. And I think so many people feel whether they're, um, in active addiction or not just feel alone and feel isolated even though we're so connected with social media we're so disconnected um as as the body of christ and as a whole people are just hurting and um outside of the body of christ too and so i just love that that reminder that we are each unique and special to him that all of us matter to him so dearly and and he's never leaves us i've said this before in the podcast that you know, no matter what storm or trial that we're going through, God doesn't always remove this, you know, take us out of the storm or stop the storm, but he does promise that he will never leave us or forsake us. And he, he was chasing after you and you can look back and see that now. And it's just so beautiful. Um, and I love the, the, your heart for people, just wanting other people to experience what you experienced. And it is something that is hard to put into words. Um, but that that God desires an intimate relationship, a personal relationship with each one of us. Um, and so that's just so beautiful. And so I, I wanted you kind of alluded to it. You shared a little bit, but where do you um, like what's your vision and what are you hoping that God uses just, you know, your life experience, what you've shared today, um, where he has you and your husband now in this training? Like, what are you hoping to see God um, do going forward in your life? So I feel like, you know, I love the scripture about how he takes everything and uses it for good. And, um, I look at, at one point, my addiction to me was like just the most shameful. I was so embarrassed. I didn't tell anybody about it. Um, it took me years and years. I think I had probably nine or 10 years clean before I actually started even telling people that I was in recovery because I was so fearful of the judgment. And now I look at it like I'm grateful for everything that I have been through because it's led me to the point where I'm at now. And I have such a deep appreciation for everything that he has done for me in watching how he pulled me through all of these pits that I fell into. And it just, it's given me like a whole new outlook on life. And, um, I started becoming pretty vocal and sharing, you know, about my recovery within the last year. I want other people I'm not ashamed of it anymore. I want other people to know that I'm in recovery, that we do recover, that, you know, people can live great lives. And I also want people to know that like, there's more than just the higher power. Mm -hmm. There's another level that I never knew existed. 
that has given me such a fulfillment and such a peace in my heart that I just want other people to know that it's out there. So, I mean, I really feel such a strong calling that, you know, I want to minister to, you know, the broken, the lost, the suffering. I want to be there to, you know, help people that are in addiction. I want to help people that are struggling with mental health issues. You know, some of the things that are so taboo that nobody wants to talk about. I want to be out in the streets ministering to these people and like showing them the love of Jesus. And, you know, my husband and I, like I said, are we're getting our ministry license and, you know, we're very involved in our church. We're still very involved in our 12-step fellowships. Um, you know, we would love at some point to, you know, maybe start a Celebrate Recovery or, you know, a Christ-centered recovery um, group out here. Um, and you and I have talked about that in the past too. So that's definitely still on our radar and something that we feel very called to. So I'm kind of just going to see, you know, where the Lord leads us. We're just trying to be obedient one step at a time. And uh, we know that he's going to reveal more as time goes on. Yes. Yes. He is faithful in that. You know, I love that too, that, you know, sometimes people think being a Christian is just following a bunch of rules and you can't do this and you can't do that. And you, and, but as you and I know, um, being a, a grateful believer, in Jesus Christ is an adventure. Like you never know what he has for you, but you know, that ultimately, even in the hard stuff, you know, even the hard stuff you've experienced, the hard stuff I've experienced, um, that there's good that, that he can, turn any, any situation into good and, um, use it for his glory. And so it's just, to me, it's an exciting life being a believer in Jesus Christ, because you just don't know what he has for you, but you know, it's good. And you know, um, that it's, it's an adventure constantly. And so I'm excited to see what God has for you and your husband, um, as you continually faithfully seek him. And I love what you said one day at a time, you know, I think it's important to have dreams and goals, um, as believers, but at the same time, we're not promised tomorrow, you know, so being faithful in today, you know, what does God have for me right now in this day and, and taking it, like you said, one day at a time. Um, and that's big in recovery anyway, you know, one day at a time, one moment at a time. And so I just love all of that. Julie, I just thank you so much for just being here today and sharing your story and your heart. Um, I will definitely be praying for you. Um, and if you, if you have any, you know, final thoughts, anything you want to say um, to the listener, but, um, and if not, if you could just close us in prayer over that listener, specifically who's struggling with their identity, maybe they're an addiction, maybe not, but they're just struggling with um, who am I, who is God? Maybe they're like where you were at and just know that something is missing, but they don't know what that is. And they're hurting and they're seeking, God, where are you? Um, so if you could just pray over that listener today um, and close us out with that. That would be wonderful. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. This really is such an honor to be a part of this. And, you know, I just am so excited to see what's next. And um, it's, I'm just really grateful that you, you asked me to be a part of this. Um, and I would love to pray over, you know, the listeners today. So father, we just thank you so much for this opportunity, Lord. We ask that 
whatever it was that we shared today, that it just sinks deep into the heart of the listeners today, Father. Let your word open their hearts and open their minds, Father. Let them just feel your love and come to know who you are, Lord. We ask that you just guide them. Let them know how much they are loved and that you have good things for them, Father, regardless of what their past is or what they may be suffering with right now. Father, we know that you are a faithful God and that you love us and that you have sent your only son, Father, to redeem us. And Lord, we thank you for all that you do in our lives, Father. We ask that you just provide peace and comfort to anybody that is struggling right now. Lord, wrap them in your comfort and in your arms. And Lord, we just praise you for all that you do in our lives, Father. And we just thank you. And we pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, friends, I hope that you were encouraged by Julie's story as much as I was. And I just wanted to remind everybody about the upcoming three-day workshop in Anchored in Always. It starts this Sunday, September 11th at 12.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. I will go live once each of those three days for no more than an hour and just share with you what God has placed on my heart about how to reduce anxiety and find peace. And it's all based on the serenity prayer and you don't wanna miss it. So if you haven't registered yet, Uh, go down to the show notes and click on the link and get registered and join me um, for that workshop this coming Sunday through Tuesday. And if you can't make the lives, no worries. You can catch the replay and still get all the value and content from that. Once you register, I will email you a PDF workbook that goes right along with the teachings for those three days. So anchor in with me and God bless you as you weather your storms.